welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Daily Thunder, Knock a Few Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, At the Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. Plus, our coaching focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A R. Y-S-E.com. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm your host, Justin Matcham. Um, joining me, as always, at this point, pretty much this go-around, Dan and Amadou. Dan, Amadou, how are we doing? How's, it's been a little while since we recorded, yeah. but uh, the weekend go well for you, end of the week here, everything good? Yeah, weekend was great, you know, having a great day. How are you guys doing? Solid on my end, I don't know about you, Dan. How have you been? Oh, I've been very, very uh, I'm going to say very solid. Very solid. We like to hear that. Good to hear that. Uh, right at the very end of last episode of this podcast, we had sources um, speculating that the next recording may come on Saturday. Um, like Sam Amico, those sources were uh, very, very off, very wrong. Uh, we are not recording until today, which is Wednesday night, so this will be going up tomorrow morning, hopefully. But... Uh, Speaking of Sam Amico and his sources, I guess that's a good spot to start. Uh, it's been a little while since the whole Isaiah Hartenstein uh, scene has taken place there on Twitter for a minute. Um, Sam Amico basically reporting that it was a 100% chance. Uh, I don't have the actual deleted tweet pulled up in front of me, but basically tweeting that there was it was a done deal that uh, Isaiah Hartenstein was going to be out of Cleveland, uh, that he was going to be signing overseas in Barcelona. Um, I believe he came out on Instagram and said that he was not going to sign with Barcelona, and reports have come out since <laughs> that uh, he does intend to, I don't know if intend is the right word, but wants to stay with the Cavs, wants to stay in Cleveland, wants to resign here, uh, which is a nice thing to hear. But uh, overall, I'll start with you on this one, Abdu. What did you kind of make of the whole situation and just, you know, at first, hearing, at first hearing that he's, you know, going to sign overseas, like, did you believe that for a second? I, I didn't believe that at all. I thought that didn't even make sense to me. I feel like that would have been maybe in... Okay, it would have made sense if Isaiah Harnstein was 33 or something, or if it was like like a Nikola Mirotic type situation. But or if he had just like fizzled out this year, yeah, and that like too. didn't have an actual NBA role. That too, yeah. But he fits in with the young core. He just had his, his best, you know, half year, year, whatever you want to say, uh, in the league, and he's bound to get a 
good contract. Um, probably around the same amount he's going to get in Barcelona, but now he's playing in a, in a better league. So I, I didn't understand that at all. And funny, funny enough, um, his agent didn't come out. I think it was actually like a couple hours after San Miguel had made that um, that article stating that that was all just false. You know, the information was wrong and that he intended at least to sign back with the Cavaliers. Yeah, it's always – you always know you're in for a treat when you get a Sam Amico report uh, yeah. that is quote-unquote sourced. Um, and then nobody else confirms the reports. Nobody else has that same information. Yeah. Uh, you always you always know that you can rely on that. But um, anyway, Dan, what did you think of the whole situation? Did you think – are you kind of in the same boat? Like, Did you think for a moment that he might actually be gone? No, would, I didn't Would signing in Barcelona make any sense for him? Like, I get – that you can make money overseas, and especially for minimum guys, that can be a viable option. But for a guy like Hartenstein, who is set to make a good amount of money here, I just don't really... Th- I never understand it. Or never understand it. I never understood it, rather. Yeah, I didn't really get it. Um, I, admittedly, I did aggregate it again. I, I Frankly, you regret it. But it was mostly just because that, that like, he, not Euro hoops, but I don't remember the... Well, I think the original reports out. were that it was just like, saying like then that was basically saying Hartenstein he could like, be a Barcelona was targeting target. yeah 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 that's why I aggregated not because I thought there was any interest really from Hartenstein but I just figured it was relevant so I figured I'd put it um, but no I didn't I didn't really think it was that serious at all um, initially just because it wouldn't given what he showed with the Cavs when he was able to have a, a real role. Um, it seemed like an odd situation, an odd scenario at that point. Whereas, like a guy like Ante Zizic was seemed to be kind of the odd man out, odd man out, and that made more sense for him to be able to further develop. Um, and yeah, with Hartenstein, no, he just seemed he seemed like he really likes it here, based on the feeder report, whatever, yada yada. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really read that much into it. No, I, I found it interesting. I just, I don't think it's ever wise as a reporter to say that a player, under any circumstances, really 100% intends on doing anything. No, that I know was, that, like, that wasn't, Honestly, like, directly... you, you pointed that out, that report out to me on Twitter. I didn't see that initially, but, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that I made, think, that was I think really after, like, just, you're setting yourself up. I think after Hartenstein kind of came out and, like, said again on Instagram that, no, I'm not signing in Barcelona. Yeah, that's about it. I'm bad. pretty sure it's, it, it got deleted pretty quick at that point. But um, that's pretty bad. Y- yeah, probably not wise to tweet that anybody is a hundred percent doing anything in the NBA. Um, yeah, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, nothing really else to say there. No. Um, Other than yeah, maybe anyway. like you're a hundred percent like drink water. That that's about it. Even then, you never know. I mean, like. 99.9 like, repeating, maybe, but you, he could not drink water again. What if he, I mean, he could drink something else. He could maybe, maybe Isaiah Hartenstein's a Gatorade drinker. I don't think you should say 100%. But um, anyway, maybe there's some water in Gatorade. You can make that argument all you want. But I think it's overall a good thing. You know, glad to hear that Hartenstein wants to be back. Uh, it seems like at this point it shouldn't be too difficult to reach an agreement with him. Um, in fairness, there has been a 16-game sample size where he's really had, like, real a real role game-to-game. Game. So mm-hmm. I really don't think it's – I mean, people are saying, like – or like Fedor said he wants a more lucrative deal. Like, 
the guy has to be a little bit objective. Like, it, like it shouldn't really cost that much. No, I'm not saying it should. I, I mean, mean, it should be like double what the minimum would would. Yeah, it, would it's have a been. more lucrative than minimum it. contract. Yeah, that should be I mean, what it is. His player option was a minimum for next year. And he's more lucrative. And he's living in. More and he's that. gonna at least in season be living in the Cleveland area. I think he'll be okay. Yeah, I think overall, however much it ends up being, again, like even if it, it is also a backup than, five in today's league. Yeah, but like I'm saying, even if it is more than. But that's still fine. Like it's better it's, for him. If yeah. it's in the if yeah if it's in the five million range, like I'm comfortable giving him that to that's be a fair. backup five. Yeah, that's team. fine. That's fine. so we'll, we'll just have to see what the number ends up being. Obviously, but it's good to hear that you know there is mutual interest as far as Definitely. bringing him back. At least you would assume so from the Cavs side. But um, we'll kind of transition from that uh, to kind of the other news that was you know primarily going around in the Cavs sphere, and we're not going to go too deep into it because um, we actually. Discuss this a little bit more in depth on the uh, It's Cavalier podcast. The three of us were on there with Mac, who has also been a guest on this podcast. Yep. Again, going more in depth into the whole um, Alex Caruso, TJ McConnell, uh, Cavaliers having interest in them as backup point guards. Uh, talking about you know those two guys as potential mid-level targets, uh, at least you know using a chunk of the mid-level to get one of them. Going into you know the the positives and negatives of either. But um, I know that both of you guys are more on the T.J. McConnell side. Amir, do you want to make the case quickly for why you'd go him over Caruso? I just feel he's better um, on the ball, better facilitator, and I feel like that's really just honestly what we need at the backup point guard position. Um, adding the fact that he is a great, you know, gritty defender, I feel like he'd fit perfectly into our culture. Dan, are you kind of along the same boat? Are there any other points that make you kind of take Caruso, or take McConnell, rather, over Caruso? <laughs> I just think there's more legitimate playmaking from McConnell. Um, I, I get that, obviously, Caruso was with LeBron, but I just think McConnell just has far better vision. Um, and offensively in the Cavs situation, I don't know how much on-ball stuff Caruso can really do game to game. I think that's a fair – and again, we, we've talked about all of this. I think that all of those are fair points. And again, if you are looking for more of an offensive punch, you're probably going with McConnell, especially, you know, as more of a creator, a creator type uh, off the bench. I personally tend to lean more towards Caruso. Uh, one, I'm, neither of these guys are super young by NBA start, you know, by NBA standards, but is younger than McConnell. Uh, you know, you can argue, you know, which guy has more playoff experience, I guess. Uh, obviously, McConnell has been there more times than Caruso, but I've also, you know, we, we've seen Caruso, you know, make a finals run. Uh, you know, I mean, you just talk about the experience regardless. Uh, Caruso does have championship experience, and even if, you know, TJ McConnell has been around for more playoffs, we've seen him get, you know, really minimized in the playoffs as well. Um, whereas I thought, you know, Caruso, even if it was a limited and even if it was amplified by LeBron being there and it being on the Lakers, whatever you have, did have, you know, a serious role and prove that he can be on the floor, you know, in important playoff minutes, uh, I think, is a guy who can play on or off ball respectably well. Uh, not a great shooter, but again, somebody who can hit open threes, you know, well enough to stay on the floor. Uh, I like him more as a point of attack defender. I like his size more. Again, just the fact that I think he would be able to play well next to either Colin or Darius uh, if you want to, you know, mix up those guard lineups more than just having... 
And not to say that you know TJ McConnell can't play with either of them. I think Sexton especially, he would work well. But I just kind of think the fit is a little bit cleaner with Caruso than it would be with McConnell. Not saying that I would be upset with McConnell either. Um, and not saying that I think it's dead set between those two options. Um, do you, can, the, I say, can I just say, can I just have one follow-up? Of the two, who do you think, and this can go to Amadou too, mm-hmm. like who do you guys think has like a higher, I guess, upside for either of the two on the Cavs? Hmm. Amadou, do you want to answer this one first? Yeah. Um, I'll go, honestly, I'll go, I'll go McConnell. Just because of the backup playmaking, I feel like that's just really crucial. That's and like my Dan opinion has talked too. about, yeah, he was talked about all the time with Darius Garland's durability and how it's you know not the best, you know, when or I don't even want to say when, excuse me, if you know a potential injury were to happen, yeah. you're going to need somebody you know facilitating guard to slot into that starting you know point guard spot, and McConnell can do that. Whereas Caruso just that's not his strong suit. I'm going to actually go the other way, and I guess it kind of depends on how you define upside in this situation, mm-hmm. but um, it's relative. Yeah. Again, I just think the fact that you can really truly rely on Caruso to give you like again, if we're t- if we're talking about upside, I kind of think like which guy could be like maximized. Like if this team is deep in the playoffs, I would trust Caruso on the floor more so than I would trust McConnell and again, in the minutes that matter most if a team is if this team is going to be taking those next steps into the playoffs, I just think that Caruso could play a more important role at that level than McConnell would. So I'm 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 going to go with Caruso still. Are you, That's feasible. I mean, I, I get it. McConnell from, here still? Yeah, I, I'm with McConnell just because I just, I just to me, I, I get the multi, multi position, multi positional stuff. I completely do. Better, I mean, far better athlete. But to me, it's just this team, considering the offensive woes they had when Darius and or Colin were off, not on the floor. It just was just so glaring. Like, it was just chaos. And to me, that's just why, I like, that position is just... And it can be a jumbo playmaker to me. Like, a Scotty Barnes, I really think, could, not all the time, but really help in that regard, too. Yeah, absolutely. And if if you're going to take... Say you do take Scotty Barnes, um, and in a situation like that where you are adding another non-shooter, another kind of playmaker, another, you know, multi-positional defender... Maybe you do at that point kind of lean towards McConnell just because you need somebody who can really create shots other than Tarian Prince yeah. in the second unit. If you're going to be running, assuming that Okoro is still in the starting lineup, if you're going to be going with Nance, you yeah. know, Barnes, uh, Hartenstein off the bench, you know, adding Caruso into that mix, it could really kind of get clunky if you're looking at all bench units. Again, you, you still have Tarian who can, you know, create shots off the bench. Um, we just don't know. Who if knows? Maybe. Maybe. Well, yeah, but... um, Can I say, just really quickly? Go ahead. Sure. The thing with Caruso in the playoffs, I just feel personally what, what just doesn't like, why I'm not really sold on him is that, I mean, playing with LeBron, anybody can really look good, for one. And for two, I feel like in a situation where he signed to the Cavs, I think he'll be asked to do more than he has been asked to do on the Lakers. And I just feel like it'd be similar to like a Damian Dotson type thing where the efficiency is just not there. He's not hitting shots that, you know, you expected him to. And we're looking to move on a season later. Honestly, that, that's how I view it. So he's going to be playing for the Shanghai Sharks next. <laughs> Maybe. We'll, we'll see. So, and I understand that. I think, again, like, all valid points as far as yeah. yes, he is playing next to LeBron. Too, but, he is yeah. playing next to LeBron, and he is playing in L.A. where they're 
just flat out as a bigger spotlight on guys, yeah. uh, especially in you know more of a national sense. But um, I, I just think he's proven he can stay on the floor, even if he's not going to be a high-impact guy offensively, which I really just don't think he would be. And, like, I, I accept that. I just think he would still shoot the ball well enough. There are enough other creators on this team to where, especially, like, in a shorter playoff rotation where you can either keep one of the guards on the floor at all times or if, and big if, but if Kevin is healthy, you know, that's another kind of, you know, just floor spacer that you can have there. That's but right. I just... I think you can trust Caruso, even if he's not going to be. He's not going to be like an elite backup point guard. He's going to be a good one who can be another rotational guy for you. And I just, I completely trust him to at least stay on the floor as long as he just doesn't shoot unbelievably, you know, terrible and go on some terrible, you know, Damian Dotson esque cold shooting stretch uh, to where he's just really unplayable in the playoffs. But overall, I, I don't think I, I wouldn't expect that from him. I probably shouldn't say that. With you know Windler and Dotson being on this team this past season, but um, I like we don't it more if Terrence as far as shooting out of anyone. I like it more if Terrence Ross is on the floor. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that a little bit. That wasn't planned, but that is another name that we've kind of seen thrown around. A uh, guy who plays for the Magic, obviously, another kind of just shot creating wing. Um, do you like the idea of? And I guess we can just jump in with that. Do you like the idea of Terrence Ross on this team, Dan? And like, what sort of package are you putting together like would you be willing to kind of just do essentially Terrence Ross for Tarian Prince to where like maybe we wouldn't be a straight up trade but maybe you attach let's say for example two seconds to Tarian Prince for Terrence Ross to where you're taking on his money long term but getting more of a shot creator at the wing I think Terrence is better than Tarian um, and from the Magic's perspective you're getting off that money sooner you're getting a couple more picks at the start of this rebuild but um, do you like the idea of a move like that? Do you think that would be too much? Where, where do you kind of stand with all that? You know, I'm going to have Amadou go first. And then I'll, I'll have like a framework sure. of a trade, and I'll get back to you. Sure. Um, that trade that you said is what I thought, too. Torian, in a couple of seconds, I feel like would be suitable for him. Um, and I, I'd love Torian on this team, honestly. I mean, excuse me, not Torian, Terrence. Uh, I feel like this year the efficiencies were down just because I think he had more of an on-ball role. I want to say I didn't watch any you know, Magic games, so I don't really know for sure, but... On a team with the the creators that we have, going back to that off-ball role, we can see him how he played in, like, I think it was 2018, 2019, where he shot, like, 38% on, like, I think it was six or seven attempts from three or something like that. Um, a, good, a good team defender, I like that. Um, another veteran presence. Uh, I do believe his fit would be better on this team than, say, a, a Torian Prince would. Do you think it's more just a positional thing, or do you think it's more of a skill set thing when you say he has a better um, fit? A little bit of both, I kind of want to say. I mean, in both of them, you, the positioning, they're probably play the same position. I just feel like I like Torian's – excuse me. I keep saying Torian. I don't know why. I like Terrence's skill set better. I just feel like I, I could I could trust uh, Terrence a little bit more than Torian just because he's he's been in the league longer. You know, he's also another guy who's made the playoffs uh, multiple times. So that that's another factor that I feel like adds into it for me. Mm-hmm. And and with Terrence, another thing that should be noted is yes, you are going to be taking on his money for the next couple of years, but in a similar structure to Larry Nance and uh, Jetty, he would he is on uh, declining money. He made thirteen and a half million this past year. Next year he'll be on twelve and a half, uh, and with eleven and a half after that. So you'd have basically two seasons of him under contract, uh, with the the second season being for less than the first, a whole you know million dollars less, which isn't nothing, but um. Yeah, overall, I, I think it does just kind of 
work towards clearing up that forward log jam, especially if you draft a guy there. Uh, gives you another guy in the wing who I think can play two or three. Um, kind of, I think, would serve the same type of role as Torian Prince in that second unit as just kind of your offensive creator uh, outside of the guards. Um, just someone who you can give the ball to who can create his own shot, can space the floor. Um, if you do trust his consistency more than Tarian's, uh, that's another plus. Obviously, Tarian, you know, throughout his career has been a very inconsistent player, uh, you know, and obviously played very, very well for Cleveland this year. Uh, when he wasn't hurt, obviously dealt with some injuries, uh, but then finished the season strong before getting shut down for ankle surgery. But, um, Dan, have you, have you come up with anything over there on the uh, trade side? Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with uh, – I, I'd be – for it for sure um, and, and I like Tarian I like what he's brought to us but um, went healthy but yeah I don't know just like a framework I basically had um, we get basically ter- it's like the Tarian and, and Ross flip and then basically we send our 2022 San Antonio round two pick and then basically it's like a, a pick swap between us and then them say if they get if their Chicago pick is like eight or nine and then our pick is say like six, so just like a couple back, and then oh, so you're trading up? You're doing a pick swap in this year's draft? In this year's draft? Mm. I'm just thinking that. that. I don't know if I love it, but if you're outside the top five and say it's going from six to eight, and you still get a, uh, and honestly, there's a possibility tar- Scotty Barnes could fall to eight. Or you get a guy like a, a, to me, a Wagner, or you get a, um, I I mean, I don't love that, but maybe you get, say you get your shot creator in Ross is basically a pick, and who's a pretty proven scorer at this point. And he's kind of a veteran presence, as Amadou touched on. You can trust him. And he has a, a number of playoff minutes himself. I mean, he's been in those situations before. You can trust him. That's kind of your shock rating guy. And then you maybe maybe you go for Kai Jones, who I'm personally not the, the highest person on, but I could understand it more so in that way. And maybe down the road you listen to offers for Larry Nance near the deadline, maybe. Um, that's just, I don't know, just kind of thinking down the road. I, I could maybe see that being a framework of a deal. I'm not saying I would necessarily accept it, but if you're going back two spots and you were, and then it helps you get a guy like Terrence Ross, again, I, I'd much rather it be Tarian and two, two twos. But maybe the Magic don't go for that. And if that ends up being what it is, and especially if you're, Scotty Barnes is not on the board at that point, say you're at like six or seven and he's not there, or, or maybe seven and eight in that range, and you're moving back like a pick or two. I wouldn't be, like, completely floored if they did that. I'm going to go... I guess it does depend kind of on where Scotty goes. I, I'm kind of operating under the assumption that he I think he's probably six. six. Like, if Golden I, I think, State could get him, I think they'd, they'd love yeah, to absolutely. get him. He, he would fit them so well. But they this also could just, move him for a vet. So. Yeah, they could. This is kind of where I stand. If, if you can't do, like, Tarion in two seconds... Um, I'm not going any higher than that. I think you walk away. Like I think that I Terrence Ross would. is an upgrade over Tarion, but I think it's more of a marginal one. 
Um, okay. And I don't think it's worth moving back in this draft, which is, even if it is going to be the sixth overall pick, is still a very important draft. Oh, it is. For this team. That's um, fair. And I'm not doing this going, if it's, especially, if it's top five, I'm absolutely. Oh, top five, that's out of the question. I'm not listening to anything. But even Probably not six, even, I think. I, six is, is, to me, is, is up in the air. I think going from potentially Scotty Barnes to you mentioned Franz Wagner that's an absolute that's probably not I'll admit that was maybe a little much but I'm just thinking or Moses Moody maybe well Josh Giddy I don't know I'm just you know Kai Jones I'm just saying whoever it might be in that next kind of meshing group of people I would personally completely go away from that where are you on that one Amadou I just I feel like if you're looking to swap picks with a potential team, um, I just want to throw an example out there that uh, Braden Balden um, on Twitter actually talked about. He was stating how the Cavs, or if you were the Cavs, in a potential scenario where you know the Cavs are picking higher than the Pistons, would you do a potential pick swap for a guy like Jeremy Grant, and you're adding, say, like, I don't know, Torian Prince and maybe, like, J.D. Osman, if, if they're willing to take that? Honestly, that's something that I'd, I'd be more keen on doing than just pick swapping for, for just, just a veteran, a single veteran like like Terrence Ross, Just, I don't, yeah, I don't think, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't think that's something that I really do. And you, you could say, obviously, you know that that six to ten range is very wishy washy. You know, players can go wherever they please, but I feel like in that scenario, I'd rather just stay where I'm at if I'm the Cavaliers and just look to take a player who I feel like I would want in that scenario. You know, instead of just settling. Yeah, I think. Wait a minute. If it what, was a conversation was, about Jeremy, what was Grant. the thing he said with Jeremy Grant? Brain bone. Uh, I gotta find a tweet, but it was talking about how like a potential like trade if the if the Pistons were lower than the Cavs potentially, and the Pistons were looking to trade up if they could package together. So like, you're saying so like this is right here? Let's say so like a a Jeremy Grant say, and Torian Prince swap along with swapping draft picks, something like that. And obviously, let's you have say the Cavaliers teams. end up yeah, at yeah. third okay. and the Pistons yeah, end yeah, up yeah, at yeah. fifth. Got it. Mm-hmm. Would you? Yeah, and say uh, like it's basically giving up. A chance personally for me, I don't know if I really like Jeremy Grant. And I'm not the biggest Jeremy Grant believer because it's been one year when they were get almost the worst team in the league. He had a, an astronomically higher usage rate than he's ever had, more shot opportunities than he's ever had, and and he he looked. I mean, it was it was impressive what he did, but. Is he ever going to have any clo- any like they're they're going to be a better team next season? Like they they'll have a high pick. Killian Hayes was barely barely played. I mean, I, I just don't know if I buy into what Grant did at all. I mean, what is what is he thirty already? I think no, he's, he's not thirty. He's younger than I think he's 30, 27, I want to say. Oh, he's not twenty eight. Let's um, look. Up. He is twenty. Oh no, okay, he's twenty seven. Yeah, okay. But I I, like, just, I don't know. I, I don't I don't really buy it. I think the Pistons. I'll say this. I think the Pistons would be would be wise to move on from Jeremy Grant and sell high while they can. I'm with yeah. you. Um, totally. I think. I again, it totally depends on the situation. I don't think the Pistons would go for it either. I think they could get more than this for him. Brad but, um, Stevens. Say, uh, yeah, <laughs> he's going to be a sucker is a, for him. <laughs> say it is a situation where the Cavaliers have the third pick, and like the Pistons have five, and you're going to move back. You're going to move back to five or whatever and, and make some deal for Jeremy Grant to where the Pistons can move up to three if they have someone that they really, really value there. 
Um, maybe you, yeah, obviously you probably throw in Tarian and Jetty uh, just to make money work, and maybe you attach some additional, you know, pick compensation perhaps. I wouldn't hate that. Uh, it clears up the forward spot, you know, a little bit and makes a clear rule for him. Uh, it does still kind of leave you with Kevin Love, Larry Nance, Dean Wade, and Jeremy Grant, but I think in that mix, like, you do have a lot of guys who you can play together. Like, I think any of Dean Wade, Larry Nance, and uh, Jeremy Grant, like, I think any two of those could play together on the floor at the same time uh, at three and four. You could even, you know, go small sometimes and th- play all three of them with one of them at the five. Like, I think those are things that could work. Um, and, and with his age, I, I, I like that fit. Uh, again, if you're trading out of the top five, I'm not doing it. But if you could trade back in the top five, uh, even if you have to throw in some other stuff, I think I would consider it. But again, I think it, that would be a situation where the Pistons like absolutely love someone in the top three. Uh, and I, I think they could get more for him than that if they were to decide to trade him. Yeah, I just I don't think they're if they're trading him, it ain't going to be with the Cavs. There's just no way. Yeah, probably. Like not. to me, you, you're you're hunting for a lot bigger fish than than stuff like that. Anything Cavs related. I don't know. I feel like Troy Weaver. Troy Weaver seems here, like a like, pretty pretty smooth operator. I don't think he's going for that. No, I don't either. That's what I'm saying. Like, I really I do think though, offers. like he signed Grant to to like really hunt. Like I think he's never going to say it publicly, but I think he's really got his eyes on something big. You think he's just going to use this? I think he just wanted to. Sh- I just think he wanted to showcase Jeremy Grant and just figured like he'll take a shot in the dark, and it, he's going to be able to. I think he's going to really be able to hunt. I don't know exactly. I don't. What do you mean by out. hunt? Like, well, I just like, think, do you he, think they're going to trade for like a proven guy now because I don't. I don't think it'll be right now. I think it'll be before next deadline. But he's going to listen to any and all offers for sure. I just, I just think they're he's going to amass as many as he can. Mm-hmm. There, there's been yeah. a number of rumors out there already. He hasn't really shot anything down. Well, I mean, I, I haven't. Looked I mean, if a guy hasn't really said, shot, if like, a guy hasn't really shot stuff down that much publicly, that means privately there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, and I'm sure there is. Like I said, again, it would, it would all, be wise it, to move him. But yeah. when you say like going for something big, like I, again, I, don't I know kind of think that. of it with Jeremy as like selling high. Do you think they could go other in the other direction and kind of like go out and buy with him and use him as that you know kind of big piece? Do you think they could go in the other direction? Because I just I don't see them being in the position to do that right now. Well, I think there has to be a little bit more proof in the pudding. I mean, it has to be. I, I think it would have to be in season. That's kind of what I'm thinking. But maybe maybe he has two months where he really kills it again. Which is possible. I just I don't know right now. I mean, he, they do seem like they do want him around, but I I don't know because this this guy seems like a pretty like kind of wheeler and dealer. So we'll have to see. Mm-hmm. But it, it's an interesting proposition from from Braden. I'll I'll say that. Yeah, I would much rather go with uh, Jeremy Grant in a pips in a pick swap than uh, than Terrence Ross. I'll just say that. Um, okay. Well, I, I'm, I was just thinking that just because his he's not his salary situation isn't that long either. Terrence it's Ross, just, you're it, talking about? It's just like an extra. It's just one more year after the Prince. No, and like, like I'm, I'm thinking, okay with you that. could maybe flip him again if like if your season goes to nothing. Like if it's just yeah, and I, I, I guess that. that's kind of totally what I get thinking. that. But my my point, I guess, is just that you you don't trade back in this draft for Terrence Ross. Yeah. 
that's just kind of where I'm at with it. That's fine. I'm just saying there's the highest percentage chance they have is what, seven? Referring to the The Cavs. The Cavs. So well, that, they that's, could, are that's, you talking about like the lowest they could fall? Well, no, I'm saying that's the highest percent. Oh, like the percentage. Most oh, the highest their highest odds is it six is, or seven. It, their highest seven. odds is to get seven. I can check real quickly. Yeah, I, I thought it was six. Honestly, um, it's seven, and then six is eighteen point two, and then seven okay. is twenty five and a half. Yeah, it is seven. It is yeah, seven. You're that's right, that's you're all right. I'm thinking. Like, if you're thinking like a difference between Moses Moody at say at seven. And then somebody else at nine. I don't think it's like completely outside the realm of possibility. Because they they like really said, even they need it's... they need a bucket guy uh, on the bench, like a flat bucket. And I think to that me, you're I, right like, in that. But like I, I again, I just Moses, I view Torian as I think Moses sorry, can be ahead. that. I think Moses can be that though. But it's yeah. it's in a different way. I think, like, yes, you do need a guy if you're just talking about a bucket getter off the bench. Like, that is something that's important to have. But I still just view Terrence as, well, an upgrade, a marginal upgrade over what we have in Tarion already. That's, I just think he's a significant upgrade. That's just my opinion. And that's fair. That's fair. But, um, I don't know. We'll move on from that. Uh, we'll talk about more Braden Ball and tweets here. Um, Braden, you're, you're getting us through the offseason here, giving us content. Uh, another tweet today. Talking about Colin Sexton, basically um, talking about Colin Sexton and Jalen Green. The tweet from him, give me a percent chance that Jalen Green winds up being a better player than Colin Sexton. Um, of course, I, I I don't know if Hiram saw that tweet or if he replied to that tweet. Um, I have a feeling I know what the answer would be. But you have everyone on the other end of the spectrum saying 99, you know, 100% chance that he's better. Because uh, that's just how Cavaliers Twitter is. But I'm interested to hear what your guys' takes on this are because I kind of have a number, at least like a range of numbers, like a 10% range in mind. But I want to hear where you guys are at. Uh, Amadou, give me give me the percent chance that Jalen Green winds up to being a better player than Colin Sexton. I'll give it 55 to 60%. That That's my answer. I just feel like with Jalen Green's ability to score – in all facets, from everyone to court with that elite quick first step and his athleticism and just his demeanor that he has, too. I feel like that's, that's kind of an underrated part of his game. I feel like all of that combined, um, I, I, can see, I can see 6% chance. I truly believe that Jalen Green would be a perennial all-star in this league. Um, he just fits the build of, of or the build, excuse me, of what the current offensive threat needs to be able to do, and I feel like he'll do that at a high level. Yeah, I'm, I'm also pretty sold on Jalen Green as a player. Um, I went 80%. Mm, okay. And that's not to say that, like, I again, nothing about this me here saying that Colin Sexton is bad. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I like Colin Sexton. I want him to be here. And, like, we'll have, we, we continue to have the Colin Sexton discussion. I just think that Jalen Green is going to be incredible. And, like, Colin, I feel like, is going to be a you know, perennial borderline all-star guy who maybe, you know, at his peak makes it consistently as, you know, like a back-of-the-bench guy for a few years. But, like, will be maybe, you know, at in his prime, like a consistent all-star. Like, that's... I think that that's reasonable. But I think Jalen Green is going to be a guy who is... Jalen Green. I mean, we, we've, we've talked about it on here. I think that that is, like... 
that has All Star starter written over it, and it has it like not that far away. Like the guy is just. He just has more potential than Colin. I think Colin has outperformed his draft slot, but you're talking about, you know, the eighth overall pick in that draft. And, you know, obviously, again, he has outperformed those expectations, but you're talking about a top three probably guy in this draft. I just think that the the potential offensively, the athleticism, combining all of it, uh, again, I know that there are some people that don't like the size argument, but the fact that he is bigger than Colin uh, does matter at least some. Uh, I think all those things together, I, I do believe that Jalen Green will be better than Colin Saxon. That's not to say, like, 80% is not final. Like, that's four out of five outcomes, Jalen Green ends up better than Colin Saxon. There's a very real, you know, possibility that Colin Saxon ends up, you know, when both of them retire, ends up having the better career. But I just, I expect Jalen Green to be higher. Dan, where are you at on all this? Yeah, I'm more along this. Well... Technically, I'm in the middle, but I had it seventy percent. I just think, yeah, you, you hit on all the points. Um, Colin is 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 really panned out well, in my opinion. Um, Absolutely. And as you noted, he's outperformed his draft slot um, to this point. But it's with Green. You and I think it was Mike Schmitz um, of ESPN that I think he was somebody that. Either he tweeted out or it was like in his like kind of draft scouting video and his one-on-one stuff with Green. Basically said, um, I mean, you read into it a little bit, but or I say read it with a grain of salt, but he basically said among the prospects of the entire time he's done draft evaluations, he's the prospect that created space better than any player that he's evaluated. And to me, that resonated a lot. Um so I just have to go with seventy for now. Yeah, I just, I'm kind I, of I just in think the he's. Where... I think he's got like young Derrick Rose athleticism, and he kind of does. <laughs> and his his speed isn't is, like when you say like Colin is is fast, like he's really fast. fast but yes. this guy is just like his above the rim stuff, and it, that's another thing underrated about James Booknight, by the way. Um, for the record, but his body control and also finishing like with authority and he's going to get bigger. He's going to get stronger. And I just think his, I think he's got more defensive upside than people think too. And I just think his gravity as a scorer is just going to be unbelievable. Percent chance, Dan, that James Booknight ends up being a better player than Colin Sexton. Um, I will say 30%. I, I think he's got... Really? I, I think he's really? got more off-movement stuff. Uh, before his injury, it, it showed more. Um, but Connecticut was a much, 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 much better team when he was on the floor. And I think defensively, there's a lot there that's untapped. That, that I just think two-way sense, I think there's a higher upside, but... I'm not gonna. I, I wouldn't bet that he's had that he'll have better career than Sex, and I, I'm not saying that. But, I'm gonna go like, but I, I'm sub- higher on him than I think a lot of people. You are, I think, and I, I like him not as much. I as just you think do, he's got I, a, I do. his ability to create space. If he can hit more of those shots, mm-hmm. he, he's got a, a pretty pretty impressive handle. Amadou, where are you? Uh, where are you on that one? Because I have again, I have a number in mind, but I, I'd be interested to hear what you think on Book Night as far as and that's no disrespect. Percent chance to that he's better than Colin. 
I feel like we have to say that at this point. That's no disrespect to Colin. Um, because anytime that you say anything remotely negative about Colin Sexton... Um, I think it's about anybody, though, nowadays. Any yeah, young player. I guess so. Any, any young any, player... Any young player. That you... Mm-hmm. If you make a comparison to another young player, one guy is going to get disrespected and there's no way around it. But um, with no disrespect to James Booknight or Colin Sexton, Amadou, mm-hmm. what percent chance would you give him of being better than Sexton? That Booknight is better? Yeah. Uh, I mean... Um, maybe twenty percent. I'm I'm not too sure. You can be I've, real with us. It can you can say eight percent. That's fine. Okay. I was going I, I was to gonna say, say sub ten. I was gonna say eight okay. percent. I was that's gonna fine. say like never say never. Obviously, but that's pretty pretty big shoes to fill. I mean, is is Booknight gonna come in and be a twenty point per game guy in the second season? I just he could obviously. It, it's but. very dependent on where he lands too. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Like he has a very. It exactly. seems like a very wide range of where he could go. Book night. Yeah, I feel like, and that can be said just about anybody. Again, like eight through twenty, even like Jalen Johnson. And again, like we're not going to get into whether we like Jalen Johnson or not. Yeah. But when you look at mock drafts, you'll see Jalen Johnson at eight, and then you'll look at another mock draft and see him at twenty three. It's the same uh, way see, with, with Shangun too. Like him, Shangun, yeah. uh, Wagner, and Book Knight. I feel like those three specifically. It, it's they're all jumbled up. Well, I mean, Keon Johnson, Davion Mitchell, oh, you know, yeah, Josh Giddy, all of these guys are. A lot Isaiah of people Jackson, are higher on Davion all Mitchell everywhere. Than, like he he's in top tens has been consistently a lot though too, which I think is a I little might, is a little much. He's already twenty two. I honestly might put him in my top ten. Uh, I I think just as a defensive, like, and I guess you're not drafting. I, I, I think of everything at this point is. from the Cavs' perspective. Is, like, I, I think the upside, the upside is just, a like, good. Like, I think he, he he'll get better at what he's good at is now. Yeah, yeah, what is his career outlook? He's yes. already at 22. Is he already going to be a starter really have forever? Versatility. He's only 6'2". So I don't know. He's 6'2", but I think he's going to be, like, a very good point attack defender. Yeah, he will. Yeah. He will. I, I'm, I'm not doubting that. I think there's enough offensive skills to where, like, yes, he can be a good starting point guard. Like, is he, he better? Will, be will he guard. have a better career than Marcus Smart? I don't think that there's any, <sighs> any way in... Anyway, I think it's a, I think it's reasonable to say that he could, but really. I feel like that's kind of the i like ideal with him. And Marcus Smart is just bigger and stronger and taller and longer. But like, he's not that. T- what is he six three? Marcus Smart. Smart. What is he six three two thirty? He's two twenty. Okay, so. but I'm just saying. Like, I think Mitchell's going to gain weight too. He will. He'll like, guys he'll, he'll can legitimately time. gain fifteen pounds in over like a season and a half. That's not like. Odd to say. No, but I, I definitely think that Davion will be a, a starting point guard. Okay. And again, like he's not going to have the same game as Marcus Smart, but I think it's very reasonable to say that like he could have like the same, be in the same tier of player when you're when you're just looking at overall abilities and overall impact on the game. I think it's very reasonable to say that he could be that type of guy. Also, I, mean, I think he's going to have a. Very successful career, but I, like I think he'll be in the league for 13, 14 years. But I don't think there is much upside to him. Like I think a if he is a starting point guard, he'll be like I don't know. I, I think he's more of in the lines of a like a defensive Andre Miller. 
and that he's going to be a high floor player and it's not going to be like a bad pick. I just don't think there's, I don't see like potential. I don't know. I think especially, like, if he was to go... And obviously, I think this is kind of the popular, like, spot to talk about him in. Magic. I think if you were to go to Toronto, um, he'd be fantastic there. Hmm. Who'd you say? I I just heard Dan say the Magic. I don't know about the Magic. I like like Toronto, though. I like being kind of just in the guard rotation of if Kyle Lowry's back, if Fred Van... Well, Fred Van Vliet, I expect to be there still. But, like, those three and, like, Gary Trent is, like, that's a good defensive like backcourt rotation I think that'd be a really really good pick for him see I, I feel like they're a perfect spot to get Josh Giddy because Are like they? they because of Lowry seemingly not being back and he'd be like a really ideal like that'd be a nice place for him to develop and because they've developed international prospects really well too sure yeah I wouldn't mind that but I, I get your but, rationale um, there We'll continue the game, Dan. Uh, we don't need to spend too much time on this. Percent chance that Davion Mitchell better than Colin Sexton. I have a feeling I know your answer. Better than Colin? I, I got to say 5%. I was going to say, like, I was gonna two. Go I just want to say, again, never say never. I'm just going to say like 5%. No, I'm going to go, like, probably five or less. I'll, I'll, I'll go buy, 3%. I'll buy the shot creation, though. Like, I, that's That's legit, I think. You know, I, I, I won't. I won't say three. I'll go with five. I'll go five percent for Davion. I'll, I'll even. The more I think about it, I'll go six. Okay. I'm. I'm feeling. I'm feeling we'll bold. We'll go with six. Okay. We're feeling generous. <sighs> I'd well, be. I'd be intrigued to ask that question to Haram. <laughs> because he's a Davion lover. Is he a Davion lover? He's I know a Davion, he's a Davion, Davion lover. lover. He thinks Davion is a far better prospect than Cade Cunningham. Far better. Well, I know that he, you know, likes his ability to, I mean, obviously, Davion uh, defensively against Cade thinks that he is going to completely stop him. But I would be, I'd be interested to hear uh, Hiram play this Haram Hiram. uh, Yeah, apologies. Apologies if I'm saying it wrong ever. But um, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on uh, all of these as far as Colin Sexton in comparison. Um, it'll make for twin, It'll make for fun Twitter conversation later. But anyway, we're going to stick on the, on the uh, topic of Colin here uh, just because we've had a little bit more Colin news as of late. Uh, by the way, I finally did see on Twitter today a picture of Colin with, like, the Darius Garland yeah, hair, I like basically. It. I like it. I think it's fine. Like I like it. I think it looks cool. I think it'd be cool if, like, you know, both of them had that same kind of look. We'll see if he keeps it. We gotta see the. But, we gotta see ice with the the the, the, the Allen look, though. That that is sweet looking. He's got to grow it out like Allen if he's gonna do that. I feel. Oh, like. I'm, I, I'm, I'm fine all for the, that. I'd love to see it. If he just grew it out like Allen. Oh yeah, I mean he's he's gonna be he's gonna be contesting shots like the best of them <laughs> if he does that. <laughs> that is true. Um, but yeah. Anyway, we'll stick back on Colin here. Um, Evan Damerel coming out on Twitter. Uh, Evan Damerel, welcome back from your little Twitter break. Uh, glad to have you back. But um, talking about just some things that he's heard around the league. Um, talking about how he's heard annually that Colin Sex or that heard around the league that Colin Sexton would annually be paid about eighteen to twenty million um, from other teams, essentially. Uh, also, also noted that he doesn't think the Cavs would go that low, 
also says that he doesn't think that Colin Sexton gets the rookie scale max. Um, which is interesting to hear. Uh, obviously, we, we still don't know where the Cavaliers front office is. And, and based off of, of this kind of you know report, uh, it's kind of hard to decipher what is actually being reported and what is being more just like like what he feels is going to happen in speculation because like he says like I've heard around the league that Sexton would be paid this by other teams but I don't think that the Cavs so it, it, I, I'm not sure if you know any of this is kind of sourced or anything I'm not saying it is I'm not saying it is and I don't know um, but it's interesting to hear him say that he doesn't think that uh, he that he will get the rookie scale max um, interesting to hear because I, like, I don't, again I don't know if that means that like the Cavaliers aren't willing to offer it, or if that isn't what it would take, uh, if like they're planning on getting a deal done for less. But if, if Colin Sexton were willing to settle for less than a max extension this offseason, Dan or Amadou, either of you can take it. Uh, do you think that there's any hesitation to get a deal done if it is below max this offseason? From Sexton or from, from like from the Cavs, you know the organization. If if Sexton says that he is willing to take less than the max, do you think there's any Hesitation to just lock him up now? I, I don't think so. I, I wouldn't see why there'd be hesitation. I feel like there'd be hesitation now if you were looking to sign for the rookie scale max. I think yeah, if absolutely. If he's looking to sign for twenty five to twenty seven million, I feel like that's something that you do right now. Honestly, that's just my take on that because I mean, you just talk about who Colin Sexton is as a player, um, both on the court, off the court, what he brings to the team. That that's worth twenty seven, twenty two, twenty five, twenty seven mil. Plus, honestly, to me. No, if Colin were willing to take 25 this offseason, I'd probably take it. Yeah. Um, again, just because, one, there is the chance that, you know, he kills it next year and then does command a, a max contract. I think that's a very real possibility. Again, you're saying you're for five having, years, right? Four or five. Um, okay. We'll say four yeah. in this situation. I'll say, okay. I'll, I'll say five. I'm going to say five, too. Yeah, I'll say five. I'm just basically seconding what Amadou said. Yeah. Well, I, we'll get into this in a minute, but um, obviously you avoid the off-the-court stuff as far as, again, going through an entire another year of the media telling you that Colin Sexton is going to get traded. That gets avoided. Um, you know, you, you avoid making Colin unhappy in that sense if you just give him the extension now. We, we've talked about all of this, and again, how, say the Cavaliers too take Jalen Green... Uh, there is a little bit of a risk there that it could be a clunky fit and you could get yourself in a sticky situation if you already income to that extension. But I think at that number, it would be worth it. Um, but let's get into that a little bit as far as the you know the numbers and years. Obviously, you know, being a thing to where you can only have two designated rookie contracts on the team at the same time, um, would you be willing, Dan, to give Colin Sexton one of those five-year deals? I would. I know that you're also kind of more so on Team Sexton than Team Davis. I, I know I'm on, on, I'm, ability, on a, you know, I'm, a, availability I'm on a lonely thing. island. I know, and I'm not even saying that. But I'm just I, I get that I mean, we, we've heard your whole you know take and your whole reasoning behind you know just him being there and being reliable. I also have more to add in a little bit, but I'll let you continue. No, 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 no. That was all I was going to say. That was all I was going to say. It's just that you know I know that you know you are more so on the, the Sexton side of things and would be willing to, you know, really, truly invest in him. But what more do you have to add? Well, I mean, it's, it's really not much. I was just going to say, if you 
do that, then you have Jason Lloyd. You're just giving Jason Lloyd content for that amount of time. That's it. <laughs> yes, you are. You are giving Jason Lloyd content. That is. I just although, the although only you're, I just you're have... taking away content though by uh, not giving him like if you want to give Jason Lloyd content, don't give him the extension so he can write about trades all year long. Can we? Can I just say one thing? The other thing is, if they do do that, and say they extend him, whatever. I just really would love to hear him say to Colin his rationale to his face why he should be a bench player. I just want it. I just <laughs> I have to hear it or see it just once because I know damn well he wouldn't do it. No, absolutely wouldn't. Anybody but, that uh, says Colin should be a bench player, that should be that they should be able to say it whenever they want or write it however they want. But the caveat is they have to say it to his face at least just one time. Because I have not, I have not heard or seen it. That's it. Again, that's it. The case when you're talking about Colin Sexton should be a bench player. If you have a, and again, this it, is the, it is alive and well too. It is. It is. This is the take that I have now, and it is the take that I will always have. If you have a player that is better than Colin Sexton on your roster, that like concept, cannot yeah. coexist what with concept? Colin Sexton. Then you bench him because you have a better player. Say, and this would never happen, but say James Harden is on this team. Yes, you'll bench Colin for James Harden. Um, in, in the event that like you still want to start, you know, Darius or whatever. I'm just saying, don't even consider. But if 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 you cannot play them both, then you would play Harden. If there is a better player and you cannot play them both, you will bench Colin Sexton and put him in that role. Until that happens, he should not come off the bench purely for the sake of coming off the bench. But um, but everybody thinks everybody that. wants to bet, put him on the bench and have Isaac Okoro at the two because he's such a shot creator. And then because they want to put in, was a, and then who's the person? I guess Prince is the three, the starting three. If you look at Tor- Tari and Prince's starting numbers as opposed to the bench, it is literally night and day. The whole that's another conversation. Like I he don't is get, not is the, nearly it, not close to as effective. I'm sorry, it's just objective. Another thing, like what I was saying, another conversation I don't really get is: Are we sure that Isaac Okoro is a two guard, and like, are we sure that he's a three and not? You a have two? to be way more. Like, what does it matter, creator, though? To be a, what does it a full time two? It really doesn't matter though. That to in that way, like, it doesn't. You don't have. But to you're play not Isaac benching the two, Colin. Like, no. It, like it, people don't Torian understand into the starting there's line. no there's no argument to it no the one that the argument that gets me the most is the comparisons to Luke Williams oh. or Jamal Crawford as if or Jordan Luke, Clarkson even or, yeah as if those guys weren't you know in their in their late to to early to mid thirties when they were doing this while you know Colin Sexton's putting up twenty four in his third season in the NBA at twenty two years old. That just it just doesn't make sense. But he can't. But he can't. By and mind you, he I'm can't gonna... get better though. Everybody, yeah. nobody, yeah. nobody wants to give him a chance to get better. Oh, no. you know what? Just you know what, Amadou, for your sake, I'm going to bring here. Okay, here is Lou Williams' stats when he was twenty two. Four four years in, twenty two. Twelve point eight points a game. Shot. Let's see. Uh, 28.6% from three. But, you know, he can't be better than that guy. He can't. No. 
I'll even, give you, I'll even give you Jamal Crawford's stat when he was 22. I just pulled him up. Yep. 17 points point. a game. Yep. Oh, you're looking at the next year? Even that, too. 17. I, I was just looking at year four. I was okay, looking at year okay. four. I was yeah. looking at year three. But either way, year four. 17 points, 38.6% shooting from the field, 31% from three. You can't be better than that guy either. Nope. nope. And yeah, at can't, age 22, put up 11 points. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, let, let's look at Clarkson real quick. None of these guys have averaged as many points as Sexton has averaged. At 22, okay, so he was a rookie at age 22. But again, 12 points, 31% from three, 45% from the field. Like, again, not on the side where, like, I think Colin Sexton is going to average 28 and 6 next year. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. I thought it was 30 I and think 6. 30 and 6. It used to be 30 and 6. He's, he's oh, brought it down to 28. Okay. okay. He's okay. brought it down to 28 as of late. Okay. But, um... <sighs> I don't know. Anything else that either of you have before we uh, wrap things up here? Any other any uh, other topics or yeah. ideas? Tarian shot 31% from three against starters. Uh, off the bench, 43%. All right, that's oh. my last bit. Go ahead, Omni. Okay. <laughs> All right, I just want to bring up one quick thing, you know, just to start a little, you know, little uh, discussion. So, as we know today, uh, Donnie Nelson was... Let go. I, I think he was fired. Did he like? Was he let go or did he, he step yeah. down? I, I don't know. Which, I think he was fired. There's a that off, that front office fired. is a mess. I have no idea what happened there. But either way, well, the um, the what it's Volgar- the, Volgaris the is no guy. longer right. No, he's no longer there either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But either way, he was let go or whatever, and you know they mutually Gundy. parted ways. Yeah, that, that was that the that official odd. report. Yeah, mutually parted ways, and Stan Van Gundy was was. Let go, I guess, too, by the Pelicans. So I just wanted to ask you guys. No. Say you should were. we fire Stan Vitt or should we fire no. JB and Kobe? Oh, no, 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 no. This, this with... has nothing to do with Okay, thank God. <laughs> I thank just God. wanted to say. I just, I just wanted to say. So you guys are, let's say, you know, you're, you're a retired NBA player this time, you know. Okay. The Mavericks call you. They say, you know, we want you guys, we want you to be our next GM, okay? The Pelicans call you. They say, look, we want you to be the head coach of the team. Which, which mm. position do you think is more appealing hmm. being a GM when you have guys like Luka Doncic already on established on your team or being the head coach of a team with Zion Williamson uh, Brendan Ingram a chance to resign Lonzo Ball and a decently high pick which, which one do you think is more appealing I'll let you go with this one first Dan yeah I'm a bench player I, I hate going first um, first off the bench though uh I, I gotta just go like with, Colin, baby. Just like Colin, I, I gotta go <laughs> with. Uh, I don't know. Anytime, if when you get a generational guy like that's a seemingly every, I mean, he's I, pretty much like about as unique as there's been to me since like LeBron has been around. Um, kind of in that mold. I, I got to go with that. Just just as an intriguing way to try to like mend the fences with him, um, and I, I just think it, it is a guy. I think it, that could be like a one of those few guys that is with their same team their whole career. Um, just how, with with how special he is and and how he makes other guys around him better. That that is the one that I would go with. But it's pretty close. Um, just because the Pelicans do have some very intriguing pieces, and um, they have some in trade pieces that you could work with as well, but Griff has really not done well, so I'm going to go with that for now. So you're going with the 
I also would never. The Mavericks job. I also would never want to be a head coach because that's just irritating. Okay, so he's going for Mavericks. Yeah, personally, I mean, looking at it personally, I would never want to be a head coach. So yeah, I'm not. <laughs> It'd be awful. But again, just looking at it from an aspect like which would be more appealing to just you know player X who is retired and is looking to work in the league still. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at like what is a more appealing situation. <sighs> neither of them are great right now. Like as far as like just you the positions that are. I don't, well, know. I don't, I don't know about think that. either of them are great. I don't think either of them are a great spot. Like. If you're the Pelicans, you're trying to coach this really, really, really weirdly poorly assembled team. And, like, I'm not saying it's a bad situation. I'm just saying but it's not a great one. I feel like you and, like, just say David Griffin would be on the same page that, you know, the team currently just doesn't fit. We have to do whatever we can to, you know, make it fit. And I feel like that. Like, like I, I don't think fit. either are, like, a tire fire, if that's yeah. kind No, of neither of them are a tire fire. They're just. But they people both have seem like to be paying that would be really the Pelicans is that. I don't think they're nearly that. No, I, I don't either. But you know, if you're the if you're gonna take over, you know, basketball operations for the Mavericks, you're kind of on the clock, maybe a little bit with Luca. Like that's something that you're going to have to be aware of. You're gonna have to mend that relationship. I think you can. You're, you're gonna have to find out. I, I think you can too. But it is something you're gonna have to take care of. You have to figure out what you're doing with Kristaps uh, Porzingis. Um, if there's a way to move off of him, and you know, would it cost something? Can you get something back? Um, you know, is there that's another the way to one. get a real guy in there? Because if if you're going to be capped out at this team, and like your second and third best players moving forward are going to be Kristaps and Tim Hardaway Jr., I don't know how far that team takes you. And at that point, is the clock ticking with Luke? I don't think. I don't know. There's no way. But there's no way Hardaway's back. Is there? Second and third players would be yeah, Tim Hardaway. But okay, so are you? you, Well, here's the thing. He's going to cost a lot. And I don't think he's going to be way overpaid. Are you just letting Tim Hardaway walk then? Because you're not really going to. I probably do too, but it is a decision that you have to make because that doesn't, yeah. your team is going to be worse without him next year. But how worse? Because I feel like Lucas. He defensively is a. I mean, he's one of the worst defenders in the league. Like for as many, yes. for as but much you're as still he going does, to be worse in, in, and the shot creation, you're far better without him in, on that end. And I'm just saying, like for them, they need defenders right now. Like they, there has but, to be like a culture change in in terms of that like that kind of in a way has to be flipped because again, like, they, they as, are a, as a gm just, against how do you playoff change the teams culture? are just they're a sieve as a gm how do you change the culture when you i don't know james jones did it in phoenix and all in like no time james jones didn't sign Kristaps porzingis to big money that's also and true have to deal with that contract that is true but I, I, there's ways i feel like they could find some way to flip him. I, I, it's the NBA. Things can happen. I don't have an Things answer happen. this concrete second. But I just think, like, just looking at it, just, like a guy, just having a guy like Luka, you, you can make things work. And free agency, they're always going to be a player, too. Yes. Sure. Always. You know what, though? Uh, to answer your question, I'm going to take the Pelicans, job. Okay. I think as a coach... Um, and again, like Stan just got off to such like uh, the, part of the problem with Stan is the relationship game didn't work there. Um, there were r- rifts with Brandon Ingram. Um, I think if you're able to just do fine in that department, like coming into it, I think that would be a there are less difficult decisions that you personally have to make in that type of job than as the GM of the. Mavericks, just because you have some tough decisions coming up this offseason that are going to really impact the direction of your franchise. Again, like 
if you re-sign Tim Hardaway, that's a big salary that you're really going to have to commit to for a while. You know, can you? Are you going to stay committed to Chris Hops? Those are big decisions, and I just don't think you have them at that level on the Pelicans. Have, so has there that. ever been a situation when players didn't have like significant players did not have a rift with Stan? Like, has that ever not been the case? <laughs> like, what what know. is what is with him? Like, does like what what's wrong with him? Has anyone ever <laughs> been able to figure that out? Because that's all that is, like. Can he just not physically communicate with people? What what is his problem? I don't know. And isn't he always know. brought in as like a a de, you know a guy to develop? And it just I, I just don't get it. Yeah, it doesn't. What, what is wrong with him? I don't know. That's like that report has been like ten times over. I, I don't know. There, there's something wrong with him. I, I don't know what. And it's it is odd though because it, well, I mean he seems a little bit of a tactician, probably is like a drill sergeant type, but. Yeah, he is a like when he was on like ESPN's broadcast generally or typically and most things are awful. Um, I, I like JVG, but SVG was a tremendous analyst for them. Like really, oh I, he was terrific. Like in his time, yeah. he was unbelievable. Like he he should just he just needs to go back to doing that for NBA TV, whomever. But it, he really yeah no if he doesn't really, get another really coaching job, please get back on the booth. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. he was he was. He was. I, I was shocked how good he was because he has his personality is just like so draining. But he was really good at that. I don't know. Yeah, he was. All right. Well, um, I want. I guess we'll wrap it up on this. We don't need to spend too much time on it. But at this point, who the heck do you pick to win the championship? Amadou. Is it still Brooklyn? Is it like I have no idea. Kawhi might not be back. Chris Paul might not be back. James Harden and Kyrie. It looks like James Harden's going to play. He might re-injure himself. Um, Kyrie, we don't know. Joel Embiid, we don't know. You know, Mike Conley, we don't know. I have no idea what to make of any of this right now. Honestly, I mean, obviously Joel is going with you know through his injuries and such. But if he can continue to play through it, I I don't see a I don't see a team that can beat the Sixers. Honestly, just their their defense is is on the road currently. It it really is. Paired with um, their their renowned shooting, Tobias is actually playing like you know he's worth a max contract. I, I don't think there's a team that can beat them. Honestly, I'm still gonna stick with the Nets just because I think James Harden being back um, again. This is all assuming that he doesn't re-injure himself. But if James Harden can continue to kind of slowly, even if he doesn't get all the way back, if he can just slowly kind of continue to make more of an impact, and then maybe by the finals, Kyrie is kind of ready to get back in the same type of role. I'll still take that, but um, like I said, I say that with very little confidence. Um, Dan, if you have to pick someone right now, who are you picking? Well, I'm not picking the Nets. I'm picking the, I'm picking Kevin Durant um, just because he's Fair. like of play, since like I've really followed the NBA, like he's in terms of like not watching like playback like he's the best pure he's the best scorer that i have seen um like in his prime and it it, his bag is just never ending uh i I just it it just his performance the other night was just i mean you could say whatever you want about the bucks Giannis can't make a shot on 80 feet whatever but he's unbelievable um that was something else and 
I, and when he missed that free throw, I wonder if he was uh, obviously he was he was mad because he missed the free throw. But I wonder if he was really mad because he didn't get fifty in that moment. <laughs> in that moment, but um, to me, it's him and, and his defense. Still, to me, is somewhat underrated. Um, when, when there's a challenge to be had in key moments, he's he's going to lock people. I mean, up. he's like their best. He's their best defender. He, oh, I mean, definitely. And Blake yeah. looks. Blake looks like he like, he, Blake looks he, yeah, he he looks really good. He can defend Giannis. And there are a few better like when they're actually locked in team defenders in the league still. And his charge drawing is big. And and I'm with you if if Harden can just give you in, like inches way back, which I think he will. Like the stat mm-hmm. line wasn't tremendous yesterday, but but it mattered. Like, being he on mattered. the floor it mattered. mattered. He mattered, and he made some good. really nice. Like his playmaking was still good. And I think it'll be fine. And I'm just, like, Amadou made a fair point about Philly, but I just think, give me seven. And I don't really even care who the opponent is at this point. I just don't. So, and especially because the... Conley, we don't know what his story is, and with CP3, I don't even know. So it's just to me, it's seven, and they have enough shooting around him, even if it's mostly him, where they can figure it out. So. Amadou, you have the Sixers, I have the Nets, and Dan has Kevin Durant only. like it. I like it a lot. We'll see what happens. But um, with that, I think we'll wrap it up here. Um, thank you to both of you, as always, for hopping on. Always a blast. Can I just um, say, can I just ask you guys one, 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 one last question? Yes, yes, you absolutely can. Is Giannis a is Giannis a top twelve player? Yes. Currently, yes. But I don't think I so. do want to say this. I'm not sure. If you can't make an eight foot shot in that's settled exactly offense, that is that is a problem. Because that's like Bruce Brown bad. When has there been a top twelve guy that I don't you know. can't go to in the clutch and tell them to to get you a bucket? See, LeBron at least earlier on could like he he was a streaky shooter. I'll say that. Yeah. But he could make shots. Yeah. Like he he could. I mean, it wasn't like a complete nothing when, like, he could make some shots. And he was he was clutch earlier on, too. Like, when he had Ira Nubel starting with him, he could make, he could get you to the finals. I, I gotta say, man, Milwaukee, obviously it's Milwaukee. Like, it's with Cleveland. You gotta do what you gotta do. But I, they're gonna be having some buyer's remorse, I think. I want to I say don't. this. <laughs> I don't think so. I do. I feel... You, your guy has got to show up. Like, that, that turnaround fadeaway. Okay, that turnaround fadeaway with a minute 14 seconds left. Yes, that was bad, but he and showed he up. Looked and he scared. still had he, a... Nobody looks more scared for a great player at the foul line than him. It doesn't change the fact that he had a terrific game. He did. Overall. He played, he played but I'm just saying, like, that he's so much like not easier. not top 12? You can load up for Giannis. It wouldn't matter. I feel like most of his yes, you can. With I don't know Gunkel. if he's ever going to get to the finals. I really don't. I honestly I don't. I don't know what Mike Gunkel's was doing. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. He, okay. That that has not. Helped. I feel like I will give you that. The biggest. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Could could they have fired him at, at after that game? They they that would have been interesting. Yeah. They should. <laughs> Just have have the fear the deer mascot out there instead. I mean, what was what it like? Bingo Buck or something? Okay. Giannis, how many minutes did he play? Was it like, was it under like, was it like thirty six or something? I couldn't tell. How you was he not now. playing forty five minutes in that game? At least, don't we have this discussion every year? 
it's the other question Mike is Boonhoser. Though, Mike Boonhoser. Giannis, you have to guard KD. Like kind like not from the jump, but at least if like the beginning of the third quarter. Like he has to. See, this is another conversation. Like That's on coaching that Giannis, too though. That is also on coaching. It's partially coaching, but that's just never been him as you know that point of attack guy. Like it's just not him. And, yeah. He's more of a four. He's more of an off ball help side. You know, wreak yeah. havoc or not. You know, well they don't want know. to get fouls on him. I get it. They don't want to get fouls on him. He's. I just don't think it's his best role on defense. I think he's not great at fighting through screens, but he's really, really good getting in passing lanes, being a weak yeah. side helper. You know, being a rim protector, you know, who can kind of rotate off his guy. I just don't think his best role is as a point of attack defender. Not to say he's bad at it, but like, and I can understand, you know, maybe you want to put him on Kevin Durant a little bit more. But I'm not of the belief that, you know, like you should stick him on KED the whole game because I just don't well, think be the that's whole game, the. No. I don't think, well, and maybe I'm not even, but like the majority of the game even. I just, I don't think that's the best way to utilize him on defense. And I, think that that's been proven over time I like I, obviously you can say whatever you want about coach Budenholzer but like that much is clear that like they don't plan on using him as you know the primary defender on the other team's primary guy they just don't because that's just it's just not the best rule for him as frustrating as it may be it's just not I do want to say we're talking about uh, me talking about the Sixers. Uh, the game is now tied somehow some way so maybe that's the Hawks, tied yeah no. maybe the Hawks oh I, actually, I, I think the Hawks took the lead so maybe you're kidding. What's, oh, I'm, what's, I'm dead serious. Oh, so maybe the Hawks could win the championship. Who knows? They were up seventy-five, fifty-four. How was it tied? It is. The Hawks how much was a minute and a half? How much were they? How much was? What is Ben Simmons' free throw stats? Is what I want to know. Let's pull up the box because that has to be what it is. Is it not? Have they done that today? Because somebody Simmons said is, I heard on the radio. Ben Simmons, here you go, Dan. Dan, okay, Dan, take a guess what Ben Simmons is from the line tonight. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three of ten. Four of fourteen. Jesus, man! Oh my goodness! How do you shoot four of fourteen at the foul line? I have. At well, I'm saying this at home. I don't know. Like that? What? What? What is it? All right, you know what? I take that back. There's your buyer's remorse. I, I'll give. I'll cut Giannis <laughs> some slack. But four of fourteen at home. That has to be why they're back in the game because, like, they were up by. Last time I checked, it was like the second quarter. I think they were up by like 22. All right. Well, that before is, we continue to ramble on too long, I hope they we've lose. Gone. I really hope they lose. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, we've, we've, we've strayed straight pretty far from the Cavaliers, and that's okay. But I do think we are going to wrap it up. So thank both of you again for hopping on. Uh, thank you, everyone who listened. Um, as the soft season progresses, the, the upload schedule might be a little bit inconsistent. Um, again, our schedules aligning has been a little bit less frequent lately. I know personally I'm a little bit busier right now, but uh, re- episodes will keep coming even if they're not twice a week. And um, yeah, so with that, um, we will talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.